This is a podcast from The Times. Go to thetimes.co.uk. It's another game podcast bonus here. So uh, thank you all for joining us. Um, we, we hope you guys like this. I'm assuming you do because you guys listen to it. Um, I'm joined by Allison Rudd this week, but we're going to do things slightly differently. Uh, Allison, um, you will be asking me about why City A didn't kick off this past weekend as they were supposed to. Yeah, big shock. Heard a rumour there were players on strike, Gab. I mean, that they were going to go on strike in Spain and that was averted. Why was it not the same in Italy? Well, they did go on, on, on strike uh, in Spain. Uh, the start of the season was pushed back a week. Uh, different reasons between Spain uh, and Italy. In Spain, it's a question of, of unpaid wages. Um, there were about seven clubs who uh, owe about 200 players a total of 50 million euros. That's roughly 43, 45 million pounds. Um, and so they reached an agreement of, of how on how they're going to basically pay those footballers the money they owe them. In Italy, the, the basis of the strike is, is slightly different, and it, it hinges on, um, on two issues, which you're going to find perhaps a little bit silly, but um, one of them is that uh, the Italian government, uh, because of the difficulties, has introduced new austerity measures. They haven't been approved yet, but they will be. Um, and one of them says that uh, high earners um, need to pay a, a one-off tax of either 5% or, or 10%, depending how much money they make. Now, obviously, this affects um, footballers, and you know, and everybody needs to tighten their belts and whatever else. The problem is, it's called a solidarity tax, in case you're wondering. The problem is, the way most um, CDAC contracts are written, they're written in net terms, so in after-tax terms, and your employer kind of pays all your taxes for you. So if the tax rate goes up, it's still your employer, i.e. the clubs, who are on the hook. And the clubs are saying, well, this isn't really a tax, this is a solidarity tax. Why should we have to go and pay this? And some clubs, I mean, AC Milan on the hook for about 12 million pounds. Um, Juventus for about 8 million. And that's why um, and, and, and that's why they don't want to pay it. They're saying that the players have to pay it. Are there any other industries in Italy where they organise the tax in a similar way? I mean, it, yeah. it's an anathema to think in England that... You know, the Times don't pay my tax, uh, the civil service don't pay someone's tax. In Italy, wh- where did this, how did it evolve that you would have your tax paid for you? Well, actually, this is, um, this is something that was introduced to protect um, the workers. We, um, we never had Thatcher in Italy, so uh, uh, we, we actually look out for working people. And uh, one of the uh, and one of the things most um, almost everybody who's not sort of freelance who doesn't work who's not self-employed basically, their employer is responsible for their taxes. So you know if they take all your details and uh, when they negotiate with you, they say, okay, Allison, you will make you know a hundred widgets a month, and. It's done to protect the worker so that if the government comes out and says, oh, we're going to impose more taxes, then it's not the working man, on the surface anyway, who pays for it because his salary doesn't change. It's his employer. 
So it's, so it's a it's a linear progression. What happens to footballers happens to every Italian. So the Italian um, are the Italian well, public behind the strike? Do they think it's an important principle? No, the Italian public are against, or most of it are against the strike because they actually don't have much sympathy for people who are millionaires, um, and and that's that's a difficulty. Now that's one reason with the strike. I mean, I think footballers will end up paying it, but footballers also kind of feel that you know the clubs are just dumping this on them. Um, the other main reason, um, which again kind of reminds you how sort of the world of work parallels football sometimes, is that uh, is this? Um, there's an article in a collective bargaining agreement that says that if you're a footballer, you have a right to train with the first team, and it's a club's responsibility to give you all the uh, goods and services you need to train with the first team. So the kit, the fellow the pitches, the coaches, whatever else. The clubs want to change that, and the reason they want to change that, um, according to the players, is that the squads in Italy are, are enormous. Lazio, for example, have 38 first-team players under contract. Uh, obviously, they want to get rid of nearly half of them, um, A, because it's disruptive, you know, a poor manager having to go, go and try to coach 38 people on one football pitch at one time. Uh, that's not easy. So they want to be able to split them apart and send some of them away to train by themselves, the unwanted players. The players are saying, wait, you can't do that because that's the equivalent of constructive dismissal, right? You, you hired me to do a job, and now you're saying, okay, go off and train by yourself with a ball. Um, I'm not really interested in you. I'll just keep paying you. And, and they say that this could be used as leverage to get players to accept moves to clubs that they don't want to go to that's <laughs> I didn't know that and it sounds quite comical so if you were if you're on the t- if you're on the back of the program number 44 shirt but the manager doesn't see you as part of his plans for the next match you have to as the player you have the right to plonk yourself right in the middle of his midfield and say Woo, I'm here I'm part well, of I'm part of training yeah exactly you don't have a right to play in a competitive game obviously but you have a right you know you have a right to train but I mean I, I think it's not I mean the argument there is it's not that different from you know what happens in the real world I mean let's say I, I hire you know Rudd to be uh, the manager at, uh, of, uh, of, of you know sales in the Midlands at Sports Direct for example um, of which I have dreamed <laughs> exactly. Um, and then all of a sudden, I don't like you, but I don't want to sack you because I don't want to pay up you know, all the huge amounts of money it would take to sack. I don't want to deal with industrial tribunal. So I just say, okay, Allison, uh, you go sit in this room here by yourself uh, you know, with no phone and no computer. And uh, some of your European sales or your, some of your Midland sales yeah, yeah, yeah. will but go you to Chris, the be, producer but, here. But that's not, that's not the analogy really, is it? Because you're not going to say to the player in the number 44 shirt, you're not allowed any boots, you're not allowed a bib, and you're not allowed a cone, you're not allowed a football they would give that player a coach and a group of players to train with it's interesting you say that but there have been um in the past you know the, the, the reason the clubs want to get rid of this is that there have been a number of cases in the past where clubs have done just that they've made them go train on another pitch you know nearby or whatever um and uh, uh the players have sued um, and and they've actually they've won. I mean, the most famous case was was Goran Pandev. And one of the reasons that this happens, and in fact, Lazio are the worst culprits because it's five times that they've been sued and five times they've lost. And the thinking goes that with Pandev, for example, what what Lazio are, were accused of doing was he had a year left on his contract, right? So it was a you know a Gary Cahill type situation. Um, 
the, the club knew they could sell him for a fair amount of money, but obviously with a year left, they were going to get less for him. So they said, all right, you go sign this contract, and then we will sell you wherever you want to go. And he said, no, I'm not signing a new contract because you know, I, I can make more money if I let my contract run down or if you sell me now with a year left because it'll be cheaper for the buying club and I can get a better deal for myself. So the club said, aha, then we will punish you. And uh, basically, you know, this guy who had like you know, been a full-time starter, all of a sudden, you know, he was sent off to train by himself, and he argued it was constructive dismissal, and uh, and, and he won, and uh, and he was he was given a free transfer and and, and given compensation. But it, but it's remarkable that it's been allowed to evolve to this because the, the car- I mean, it sounds like a caricature, not reality. But it sounds like it may well be reality that you could be a player who has gone well off the boil, your head's not in the right place. You're not in form, and you could wreck. You can wreck a training session because the, the manager has to involve you. You mean like wreck it for for disciplinary reasons? Wreck it for any reason, for just just because training doesn't go well, because you, you you've got to find a way of slotting in a player that you you don't think is up to it. I mean that can't that cannot be true. That if you're holding training, you've got a big match coming up. You want to prepare the team for an important match. Everything has to start working well. It's very important that in training it goes well so you can take it that one step next into the match. And you've got one or maybe two players who just aren't doing it. They're not, they're not playing well. Their head's in the wrong place. They're not, they're not doing as they're told. Does the ma- if, if a player is not, is not doing as he is asked to do in training, does the manager not have the right to say, leave because you're they wrecking, you're wrecking training? You can't leave him, though. I mean, he, he can find the player, but he can't. You can't just ask him to leave. You can't kick him out. He has a right to be there. It's then it's remarkable that any Serie A team puts up any sort of performance at all. I know we really are remarkable, are we? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Alison, judging from your assessment there, I think it's pretty clear that uh, in the eternal struggle between uh, the workers and the owners and corporations, it's pretty obvious where your sympathies lie. 